Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. The the only the most reason I felt nervous is when I was talking to a girl. I get I do get those butterflies, but that's the only thing. Is that when you jizzed in your pants? Mm, can confirm. <laughs> oh shit. Well, I didn't really want to start the episode like that, but uh I'm John Hunter, your host, uh, along with I'm Dylan Bugs, co host, and the guy who sits in the background. Dude, I'm real happy that, like, because a lot of times I say and, and then you just sit there like a fucking idiot. But you're doing, hey, 2020, new you. New year, new yeah, you. Looks like I got to step it up. <laughs> Take it to another fucking level, Boog. Let's fucking do this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Turn it down a notch there. Uh, you want to know something hilarious? Yeah, I mean, always. So, I just opened up my files on my computer. All of them, you open every file. The most recently saved thing on my computer is number 67 from the Japan Football League. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I did the uh, snipping tool and snipped out his face. <laughs> Don't know what I'm going to use that for later, but... Uh, hey, that could come in handy. That's going into the vault. For uh, reference at home, uh, we end up somehow fell down one of those YouTube rabbit holes, and we watched this video of the twenty nine, yeah, the twenty nineteen um, Japanese American football bowl. So it's like uh, American football in Japan, and um, the quality played not very high, but there was some real. No offense, I mean, hey, they're out there playing, but real derpy looking people out there. <laughs> Um, so if you, you get a chance to look up, I can't remember the team name. Um, was he on the white team, like the white jersey team? Yeah. All right, number 67 on the white jersey team. Do yourself a favor, look it up. Anyway, so we're here today. Uh, we just recently went and saw the new uh, 2020 movie, Underwater, um, about uh, creatures. Get this, Under the Water. Dude, don't, don't spoil it. I can't believe you just spoiled it. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, initial thoughts, I didn't hate it. I knew nothing about this going into it besides Kristen Stewart was in it. And, uh, I, I was literally blind. I think I saw one preview for maybe seven seconds and I stopped watching it because I shit my pants or something. Also, you have like a very small attention spin. I was, I've actually been meaning to talk to you about that recently, but you might want to go get tested for... Um, ADHD. I mean, yeah, numerous things, but ADHD would be for sure. Probably, I don't know. I've always thought just because, uh, or maybe like I, a adult onset stupidity, if that's a thing. Uh, mental retardation. Ooh, that's too far. 
I feel like they would have caught that earlier on. You never know. All right. Well, uh, pretty much this was a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. If you don't like water, you're not going to like this movie. So that's something, too. Luckily, I decided, which I never really do, but I, I did just come from dinner. Um, before I got there, but did you eat fish? No, no. Actually, I'd say a little bit about me. I do not like fish. Mm. Not a seafood person. Uh, not a boy. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I. It was we went out to this like nice place for dinner or anything. Anyway, like I, you were already at the theater when I got there. Um, the theater. So yes. uh, I didn't, I didn't end up getting a drink. But if if you were to go into this movie to see it. Um, maybe getting the like the extra large Coke or whatever you get. I think r- root beer. You got root beer. What it, it's irrelevant. Don't get a large drink because you might just be having to piss in the movie theater. What were, hey. your, what were your initial thoughts of the movie? Um, well, can I just start off with a with a joke? Why are there fish at the bottom of the sea? Uh, why? Why are there because both? they dropped out of school. All right, well, that's been our episode. Uh, first episode of 2020. Um, I, this, yeah. this is our last episode. I think we're going to put it up for the uh, podcast of the year 2020. I know there's going to be a lot of competition, a lot of good things happening in the rest of 2020, but I feel confident in our decision. Dog, that would have to be like the turnaround of 2020. If if we were to go from the point that we're at right <laughs> now to, to get that, like, we're hitting all-time low here. We're not... So that's that's one thing that I'll give this movie credit with, uh, well, I guess credit for, is the pace that it has. Like, it starts off, uh, there's probably like two, three minutes of like, Kristen Stewart just being like, like it was like a weird like narration voiceover, and her just like showering or something. And the next thing you know, like waters burst in, and there's running. And the, from that point on, the pace of the movie is like breakneck, like nonstop, yeah. like driving forward. And so that's something that's good. I like about this movie. <laughs> there was uh, there was really no sitting around. Well, hold on, hold on. She wasn't. It didn't start off with her showering. It started off with her brushing her teeth. Don't get all excited. Put your dicks back in your pants. You don't see nothing. Just her, just her brushing her teeth, and she's like bald in this. So like, hey, that could, that could be somebody's thing. You can't be judging people. I'm not. I'm not, not my thing, but hey, teach their it, own. Not, it, it is not my thing. I will admit that. All right, so like short hair. All right, let's let's get on into this. We're uh we're meandering too much here, but uh so this movie uh came out uh on the tenth, I think it was the tenth, January tenth, uh directed by William Eubank, who he really hasn't done too much. Um looking at his IMDB, he directed uh like a sci fi type thriller The Signal in twenty fourteen. And then before that he directed the movie Love which was like a tie-in with the band Angel and Airwaves, like their album, which I didn't watch the movie, but the album was like, all right. I, I kind of like Angels and Airwaves. I'm a, I'm a Blink-22 Tom DeLonge guy, so... um, I mean, that was like coming through middle school, high school, like uh, 
my age group, so don't be judging, but am a fan. Uh, so I guess I didn't see that part of his work, so I was surprised when I saw that. Um, but he really doesn't have too many other projects. I think, I mean, I think he did a, did a, a, a solid job with what he had here. Um, there was some cool setup uh, set pieces and things like that. I, I really don't think he could have done any more. Um, and I thought maybe this might be low. I guess it's low budget by our standards now, but it was still a $80 million film. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but some of the... Uh, we're always going back on this, but if it's bad CGI, I could take you out of it. And there were certain portions. Some of it looked good, but there were some portions, like I remember one point in the theater, um, that first person shot where the glass is cracking on his uh, underwater like visor. When you're saying like, you're like, you're like, is this just me or is this uh, that like really bad looking? And I was like, yeah, it's pretty bad looking. Yeah, it's pretty bad looking. All right. So cast wise, we we're already talking. Kristen Stewart, uh, definitely the most famous famous person in this. Uh, she, everyone knows her from the the stupid Twilight series that set vampires and werewolves back like two decades. But uh, since that's been over, they've been on the uptick. Um, Honestly, like she gets a bad rap because the, the Twilight, like it, it, there's you can be a good actor or actress and be in a role that's that's doesn't give you the range to let your your acting chops show. Um, and honestly, I I would say that in this movie, she doesn't really have that space to like show acting. Like it was almost like she wasn't there. She was the main character, but it was almost like she wasn't there. And I, I don't really put that on her because I've seen her act in, in other, like a, a movie that she was in that I really enjoyed, Adventureland. Um, Cause she almost has this like deadpan, almost uninterested style. And in certain roles that'll work well, but in a role like this, I don't think that would be the best was choice. kind of the same role though. She plays, she plays the side. Oh my goodness, the shy character that's just like a background character, pretty much. Like she doesn't do too much. Uh, she's the uh, the female lead in that movie. But I don't know if you ever yeah, seen eventually. She's, she's shy. She's quiet. She doesn't show emotion. Like I don't know. I, I don't thought know. she died. She died. Like it's reserved, but like there's certain. Like I thought she she acted really well in Adventureland. Um, not so much here, uh, but on to uh, the the other main female lead in this movie, uh, Jessica Henwick. Um, most people would know her from, uh, she had a, a brief stint in, well I guess not brief, two year stint in Game of Thrones as uh, Nymeria Sand. Uh, which I really, I mean I watched that series, I don't remember that, but I, most people... I, I feel like would know her. She was Colleen Wing in uh, the Marvel like series on Netflix. So she was in Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and then that combined one of the Defenders. Um, other than that, nothing, nothing too too major here. Oh, I guess she was briefly. So actually, this is crazy. I, I saw this story um, over the weekend. She was actually auditioned for six months to play Rey in the new Star Wars trilogy. Wait, who? Ray. Jessica Henrik? Yeah, Jessica the um the 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 British I guess she's half British, half half Chinese actress. 
Is she Chinese? Really? Yeah, she's definitely, definitely, well, sorry, I she, apologize. She, Asian, of Asian descent. I'm not sure if it's Chinese. She definitely, she definitely has a little bit of, Asian. of that look yeah. to her. Um, but she, she actually, it came out, she auditioned for six months and, and almost got the role of Rey. So that would, that would have changed up that series a lot, but she ended up having a smaller role, um, in, in the, uh, the force awakens, but, but she would end up being in that movie, but a lot smaller part. Um, and then the other actor that most people recognize in, I guess he is a little bit more of a problematic person due to some of his past uh, situations he's found himself in over the past few years, like uh, calling a bomb threat in <laughs> on a on, on a public train. on a public train. Yeah, but it's, I it, I can separate the actor from. I mean, as long as it's not something like insane, like he didn't kill somebody or stab somebody. Um, he just got a little too coked out of his mind. He did. So that that's a message for you kids at home. Don't do drugs. Or if you do drugs, don't ride trains and call them bomb threats. Hey, everything in proportion. It's moderation, you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude. I'm having an off night. Should we just call it? You're having an off, like, past two decades. Clear. All right. So anyway, the actor's TJ Miller. Um... Probably his biggest movie role, uh, the Deadpool. the sidekick in, in Deadpool one and two, hilarious and that. Like his his what I was saying, like besides his like, um, personal life and the stuff that he, that he fucks around with, like his acting, like his comedy's hilarious. Like his delivery, it's like goofy and 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 he actually adds. And I honestly think he stole a lot of scenes in this movie. Um, but I also going through this. Uh, the actors here and looking at their filmography, there was a few connections um, to some other like the where the monsters look similar to the creatures in like Cloverfield and stuff like that. I found connection. Uh, T.J. Miller, obviously, he was Hudson, who most of the, he was in it, but most of the time he was like the camera guy behind the camera in the original Cloverfield, uh, as well as the um, Smith who was another one of the uh, engineers. He was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. He played the other guy that was in the bunker with John Goodman. There was some some connections there. And this this seems like, it was weird. I know I read an article where one of the guys was trying to say like, oh, this seems like it could have fit into the Cloverfield universe, but it definitely does. Like it was, it was a waste of an article, but um, there is some connections to Cloverfield there. And the monsters... Not so much the oh, not going to get a spoiler, but the overall the most common monster in it um, had it looked like a smaller like Cloverfield monster, kind of, kind of, for sure. For um, but sure. but the guy that played Smith, John Gallagher, uh, he does have a little bit of a horror background as well. Uh, besides, there is a little bit of horror elements in Ten Cloverfield Lane, but more sci-fi. But he was actually uh, our man, Mike Flanagan. He the that uh, Netflix movie he directed Hush. He actually played the killer in that. And I just, I remember sitting in the theater and I saw him like, I know this guy from something. Like, you know, when you see someone's face, you're like, I, I recognize this guy. It wasn't until I went and, and looked up the stuff and, and saw that um, he was, was the killer in that movie. Spoiler alert. So, oh, yeah, thanks. I never <laughs> saw that movie. Well, still watch it. It's actually a real solid movie. Yeah, give it a shot. You never know. Um, then the other main main character you got here is the captain of the the drilling operation played by vincent castle 
and he is famous for he has a lot of bit roles, uh, but he was also in, I guess this is kind of horror. There's some horror type elements there, but the Black Swan with uh, Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis. That's it. It's, <clears throat> that's more creepy than, than horror. And it looks, yeah. And it looks like he is in the new season of Westworld on HBO, um, which I haven't got around to watching, but I've only heard good things. So watch it. Let me know. Hey, email me. Let me know if it's worth watching. <laughs> What's your email? I'll tell you at the end of the episode. But you can barely even send a text. I don't know how you're going to be able to send an email. You want to know how I, I send text? Here, I'll, I'll give you a little demo. Oh, I almost forgot about this guy. He was in, in the beginning part of the movie. He's not in it very long, but... Um, fuck, everybody had an easy name until it came to this guy. And I apologize if you're listening to this, which is zero chance, but... Is his name Mamadou Athi? I got this. I think Ma- it's Mamadou. Ma- Mamadou Athi. Ma- Mamadou Athi. Okay. Um, but he plays Rodrigo in this film. Uh, he was in it short for a short amount of time. We'll get into that. But uh, he had a couple funny lines as well. Um, and basically his background, a lot of smaller indie films... Uh, nothing that I've ever seen. Okay, all right, so we'll get into the plot breakdown here. All right, so most of the movie takes place... Actually, I'm not going to start it like that. <laughs> uh, so most of the movie... Did, were, you, were you about to say most of the movie takes place underwater? I was, I was. All right, so uh, this movie is about uh, an underwater ooh, base. Uh, so most of this movie... What happened? I, I just said, ooh, my goodness. Yeah. Most of this movie you ever, takes you ever, place you under... Watch, you ever watch uh, NBA TNT with Shaq and like... Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley. Yeah, that's it's you great. You see Shaft in a full. In a we're what? Not even, we're not Shaft in a full. Shaft in a full. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Shaft in a full. We're in the full. same league as him. We're made, we made number one to the list for tomorrow. Because we were Shaft in a full. This is our underwater podcast. It's about the movie Underwater. Now, you may be surprised, but majority of this movie takes place underwater yeah but what you're gonna really be surprised about is that we actually record this whole podcast uh underwater <laughs> Dad, i'll tell you that. one thing you ain't never gonna see a bird in this movie because there are no birds underwater just fish all right so the movie starts out uh tn industries has a drilling facility um at the bottom of the mariana trench a little background there I, actually, I don't know if it really is, but it's the most, it's the deepest known point of the ocean, like to humans. There could be deeper. Um, no, so, it is. Well, I think it is. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, because we haven't explored like a large no, percent. No, we don't have, but we don't have to explore it to know. We can just do like the the sonic ray thingies for sound. Yeah, but if there's something that broke it, broke. You don't know. Hey, we'll just go agree to disagree. Hey, I'm like 98 percent sure. Alright, so you know what I'm not really sure of? Um, so they were down there to drill for resources. I don't know what resources they were drilling for. But anyway, so they're down at the they're bottom. They're coal back. <laughs> they're down at the bottom of the uh, Mariana Trench drilling for resources. Um, 
starts out like we were saying before Kristen Stewart brushing her teeth taking a shower and she walks out into the hall and then she hears like uh, like a sound outside and next thing you know it's starting to crunch in water's pouring out uh, she takes off running uh, in the pressure breach as she's running down the hall she runs into uh, another one of the staff down there Rodrigo um, they're able to get through and shut off the one portion and, and it closes the door shut and, and uh, repressurizes so it doesn't destroy the whole uh, Kepler facility. So their next step, they're, they're panicked. They're like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, we get a little bit of backstory from Nora um, that she's been down at the bot. Like he's relatively, Rodrigo's relatively new, but Nora's been under the water for... I think a couple months to to year, a long amount, a long period of time. Um, so she she's like not like because she was like hacking and not hacking into the computer, but changes stuff, and she doesn't really know like the like computer portions of it. But she can anything mechanical. She's a mechanical engineer, so she yeah, can she, rig yeah. it to work. This leads them. They make it over to the escape pods. They have a pod bay. In the pod bay, all of the pods have been deployed. The only person left is the captain of the whole facility, uh, Lucian, uh, played by Vincent Castles. Um, they talk to him. Uh, they head up to the main control base there. Uh, a biologist, uh, Emily, played by the by was it Jenna Henwick, um, and an engineer, Liam Smith. Uh, I guess they reference she's a biologist, but Emily's a, an intern as well. Um, she doesn't have a lot of diving experience, and, and that's going to come into play here. Because uh, the next thing they do, they come up with a plan. They determine if they stay at that portion of the base, they are it's going to um, implode. Uh, they have like a short amount of time, so they they're going to have to make some decisions, and they decide if they take the the crew of them, the diving suits, um, go to the bottom of the ocean and walk over to the drilling facility that they have separate from the main underwater base. There's escape pods over there, and and they'll they'll be able to to get out that way. Um, super dangerous because you're walking under well, how what was it? They said it in the movie the amount of tons per pressure at the bottom. Uh, I don't remember that. All I remember is. They where they were underwater was like six point seven miles deep mm -hmm. at some point, and then six point nine miles deep. Nice. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not no science genius. So I don't know exactly yeah. how much. And the other thing, so you're so low, light doesn't travel that far. You're you're in the pitch black. All they had to go along were these markers that they had set up, like light markers. They had flashlights on their on their gear, but. Yeah, so they they that only go so far. They they decide well, this is our only option. Um, in, the intern Emily's freaking out. She's never been um, in this type of situation. She's a biologist. She's not like a diver. Hasn't been down there that long. Um, but they decide this is the only way. So uh, I can't believe I skipped over this too. When they were heading um, to the pod bay, they had to crawl through some rubble. They saw a dead body in there, which was like. A fresh creepy looking dead body um, no jump scare so I do appreciate that and uh, they hear something and they turn out they move the rocks um, apart and they so they find Paul 
uh, under the rubble, pull him, pull him out. He has a couple jokes, which I can't remember them, but they were funny. Um, and that's played by T.J. Miller. So he's with them as well. Um, they decide they'll head over to where the pressure rod suits are. They're going to ride a lift down that'll take them to the bottom. And they'll commence with their plan to walk on the bottom of the ocean to the Roebuck station. Um, so they take the, the elevator down. They get about halfway down. And uh, they're, they're kind of stuck because um, there's different pressurizing points. When that's happening, the door's starting to open, and the suit that Rodrigo has, uh, the, the helmet was faulty. It had some cracks in it, so the pressurize like, actually blows him apart when it depressurizes, and I, it actually looked pretty cool. So it disorients them. Um, they're freaking out, but he essentially gets exploded. Um, they start making their, their way a little bit further down, and they see one of the... Uh, emergency lifts coming back up and it's kind of stuck so they decide like uh tj miller well i remember this funny part actually um the captain says so one of us is gonna one of us is gonna have to go out there and, and check out that emergency because if they're stuck there's only a limited supply of oxygen they're gonna be trapped in there um so tj miller's character says to the, the intern that has no experience that's already panicked said well emily this looks like it's your job and she was like freaking out for a second. He's like, now nah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> so uh, actually, T.J. Miller's character, uh, Paul and um, Smith, go out there to, to check it out. And this is the part, one of the parts that I really do like in the movie. Um, it's pretty cool. So anytime that they're really going out in the water, it switches to a first-person perspective through the helmet. And it kind of gives you that creepy, almost like a first-person video game like atmosphere where you can only see like where they're looking and is there something moving in the shadows. Um, and they go in there and they discover that something ripped apart the emergency um, transport lift there. And at first not find anything, they find dead bodies. And there's actually a, like a small creature that kind of reminded me of like those chest bursters in aliens which that's something we'll talk about um as well too how this is almost like a, a greatest hits of other similar type movies uh but they end up snagging that and bringing it back on the ship killing it and um they uh, they've it, not a little funny part they briefly fight over like who gets to name it because they discovered a new species and while this is happening, something jumps on the top of their um, their transport, their lift transport there. Power is cutting off, and then they're starting to freak out. And they're like, what the hell is this? And they get a little bit of a glimpse. So this is kind of like our first gl glimpse of like a, a big creature. Okay, so their tra lift transport crashes to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, they start making their way out. They're disoriented. They weren't expecting to come down this fast. And as they're they're making their way to the markers, the station behind them finally explodes, uh, starts shooting debris all over the place. You get a cool little like glimpses of creatures standing on stuff like that, uh, but nothing too major yet. And uh, one of the pieces of debris actually hits Smith and damages his oxygen tank. Uh, but they're able to to grab him, drag him. And they make they make it to like a way station along the way. 
uh, so they can recharge their their these oxygen units like i don't know they're like almost like uh like oxygen coils or something like that uh, and then in there they find out that smith's actually damaged so he'll be like sucking in f like toxic fumes um but they decide the only way to do it is they have to keep going forward because they there's no other option so they help smith along um when they finally get their auction recharged and they head back out um and this pretty much is where everything starts hit hitting the fan um when they're making their way, one of the creatures comes out and s snatches up the captain and drags him into the rubble. So Kristen Stewart's character, uh, Nora, she goes after him, climbs under, is able to um, like get hooked with him and everything like that. I, well, who is it that gets... Actually, Smith gets, gets snagged first, and the captain goes after him. Yeah. Captain gets him and sets his gun... Like They have like nail guns or whatever, like that rivet guns. And... Um, he uh he goes back to grab that and the creature starts grabbing him but he's attached by a tether to Kristen Stewart's character and this creature starts taking him up dragging him um all the way up and the the creatures aren't affected by rapid pressure change but obviously humans are and being mm -hmm. at those depths it's it's super serious and super dangerous to their underwater units mm -hmm. um which didn't really talk about those, but I thought those were pretty cool. They're very reminiscent of something out of like Starcraft or Mass Effect. Like, there's a, a lot of parts of this movie reminded me of a video game, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, anyway, no, I say it's more good than bad in yeah. my in my personal opinion and my scale. Yeah, I, I thought it really fit with with the movie. Um, so they end up get getting stuck onto like. It was like a floating like platform or something like that, and it starts dragging him further up, and she's holding on, and he's like, he's like, you gotta let go, like we gotta cut this. So he takes his knife and actually cuts the cord. The creature drags him out, and the darkness kills him. She falls down. Fuck. Anyway, so what? <laughs> I want I want to backtrack for a second because I I forgot the the time of the events, but um, Paul Paul actually got killed earlier. He got killed before this. So when they were in the way station, it was por portions of it were flooded, so they had to climb under um, this passageway, and each one took a turn, and the last one to come through was Paul, and he was attached on a tether, and he got pulled under when he was, he was pretty much all the way through, but it started pulling him back, and he ended up getting pulled back through and crushed, and that was also a pretty cool kill scene where he, I don't, I guess the force or whatever crushed him, but like blood splattered in the helmet. Um, for a PG thirteen movie, there was still a decent amount of gore in there. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot more than I thought. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. Like, so so I would honestly it's say the that most important part. To me. Yeah, that was when the movie really really took a turn there because up until then, like, there was I don't know. I felt like there was a good rapport between the characters. He cared about them. There was some lightheartedness going on, and then um, things picked up, but there wasn't that as much tension anymore. Mm -hmm. So back to to the whole situation. The captain cuts Nora loose, gets dragged away by the creature, killed. She falls back down, and she was she was pretty high up. So she falls down, disoriented on the bottom of the ocean. Um, doesn't know where 
where she landed first off because it's pitch black. She can see markers, see some lights up ahead. She doesn't know if uh, Emily and Smith are still alive because they're the only two left. And when they got pulled away, they were still standing there. Uh, so she she just starts walking, tries to radio on the communication, can't hear them. Um, and she comes across a separate uh, substation that was actually uh, deemed closed. The the captain they briefly talked about maybe going over there and seemed there was there was um, like a radio they could radio uh, back topside and something like that. But the captain actually said like no that's been shut down everything like that. Um, but she finds that goes in there. Um, her suit's pretty pretty banged up from the encounter with that creature. Um, her coils pretty messed up too. But she goes in there. She finds another suit. Uh, as well as a locker that belonged to the captain. Uh, and in there, so she goes into the captain's locker, and there is, like, pictures up on the wall, uh, different areas circled where they might drill, and then also there was a pretty obvious picture of, like, a Cthulhu underwater creature with some things written about it, and she briefly looks at it, and I thought she was going to read into it more, see what was going on, but then she just says something stupid and, like, closes it. Um, and I thought, like, it was cool. It was cool how they set it up, like, oh, that captain and those people knew there was something down here. Um, but then they never mention it again. They're, you can't confront the captain because he's dead. Um, and... Like, she didn't look... There was more information there, and she didn't really read it. Like, I, I, I get that maybe she was disoriented and panicking because she's in, like, a life-or-death situation, and she just, just saw a couple of her friends get killed and things like that, but she really didn't convey that because she really doesn't show any emotion in this movie, but <laughs> um, that, that part kind of frustrated me. But you do get a, a pretty cool backstory... Uh, there as well so I, I did like how how they did that at a few points in this movie I know we're just glossing over it with like the the synopsis here but I'll, I'll talk about it um, a little bit more when we go into like pros and cons and things like that um, but uh, so from there she got the new suit and everything like that and she decides like I don't know if uh, Emily and Smith are still alive uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna head out there and see if I can get to the escape pods and keep talking. So she's trucking along. She finds this uh, another type of like nail rail gun, something like that. So she, that it's like a video game. She got an upgraded suit and a better weapon. So she starts walking on the bottom of the ocean again, following the markers, um, and then she starts picking up a signal that Emily's still out there, and she's just like talking and and, and talking to Smith, and she's panicked because she's at the bottom of the ocean and she's not really used to to being in the situation i mean not people not many people are but um she comes up to him and is able to like let him know like hey like we're, we're gonna keep going everything like that so smith's like pretty much on he's like unconscious like he i said this in the movie like he had the the best plan like most of the movie he's like unconscious and out of it so he just gets drug around so pretty much he just showed up to his audition like he just took some sleeping pills. He's like, "Hey guys, is this all right?" And they're like, "Dude, that's perfect." I just picture like, the audition going yeah. like, uh, play, the, Can, "The dude to play him, John Gallagher." They're like, uh, "John, do you think, um, you think you could sleep for about uh, sixty minutes of this movie?" 
He's like, I don't know, I'll try it. They're like, all right, well, we're going to watch you sleep for 60 minutes. Let's see how this goes. And then they're like, yeah, he got this. Hey, hey, John, I don't know if you don't mind, uh, but can, can you can you lay on the floor right there on top? Yeah, on top of that green screen. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> all right, now just stay there and action. That's all it took. Pretty much. So he's unconscious. They drag him all the way. Um, up to the Robux station. So they get close, uh, and there's like a tunnel leading in. And then they realize, like, oh shit, we gotta turn our lights off because there's all these things like dangling down. And it turns out the creatures are sleeping or like hibernating, something like that, on like the roof there. And that reminded me a lot if anyone's ever played Half Life, like how th- there's certain portions where like there's the creatures that have like the it's like a tentacle like dangling down and if you walk by they'll grab you and suck you up so they they start making their way through these like real slowly avoiding the arms they just have to get to the store and then they'll be inside about halfway through emily's um breathing unit goes off like beeping like siren going off like low oxygen 10 percent oxygen like refill immediately something like that uh, and it starts waking the creatures up. So she tells her, just drag Smith, run, go, like, I'll hold him off. And uh, the creatures start waking up. One grabs her and just, like, pretty much just beats the shit out of her. Like, just literally just is throwing her around um, and starts, like, it, it's pretty cool. Like, the creature, like, detaches its jaw and starts sucking her in. And when when she does that, she actually shoots it with the that gun she has from the inside and and kills it but there's a bunch of them um but she ends up getting into the station with them as well so we'll stop here before the the spoilers um i mean you pretty much just told like i'd say 90 percent of the movie uh so that's just basically like how it flows but i didn't go into any more about some of the characters backstories and things like that but uh we'll, we'll talk about that uh gotcha. before that though uh, pros or pros and cons. What do you? Uh... I got three and three. Okay, let's say lead lead it off here, bug. Pro, in my opinion, and you mentioned it before, video game pacing. Uh, always some action. Always, always a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You got a little bit of talking, journey, like you know, a little bit of talking, action, a little bit of talking, action. You know. Yeah, the the pace on it was was pretty cool from this style movie, like. You, you get like two minutes at the beginning and then it's like you know what they got to do like you know what the the problem is and, and you just go from there you gotta get from point a to point b to point c along the way you upgrade your suit you upgrade your weapon like it's it's very reminiscent of a video game and and the pacing it's it, it brings it on and like that's the part where i got a little bit confused not confused but like a little bit like not not that it was confusing but it was it, it confused me how with a pacing like that and in the way that it was going, like how it fell off about halfway through. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a big reason and I'll get to that later. At least what I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, let me do another pro for me is TJ Miller. I know he's had a rough, rough time in, in the past, but, uh, he was freaking hilarious in this movie, and I'm so happy that 
he had he had a good role. You yeah, know? I agree with he's, you. I, he's I a, didn't know he's he was actually funny guy. His his the monotone that he that he like he he uses is just like ugh, it's perfect That's, for the comedy. I didn't I didn't realize he was in it till we were till they lifted up that rubble when they were rescuing a person and it was him. And I was like, oh shit! I didn't know he was in this movie. He was um, just under the rubble holding a his bunny. line. Like, yeah. is your line? Are your, are your legs trapped? And he's like, "No, I thought I was just gonna lay here and die." Yeah, that was that was another funny line when later on when she was uh, Nora and, and the captain were talking about their plan to walk on the bottom of the ocean to go to the other facility to to get the pods. E.J. Miller was like, "What the hell? Like, if I knew if it, we were gonna do this, I would just said, just leave me under that rubble." Yeah. Yeah. Um, another great line he had was <laughs> when like the the creatures were banging or they like on the one thing and then then he saw like something come by like one of the windows and he's like all right he's like if I hear one more thing like this he's like I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but I would definitely agree. He definitely like he, ma- he made it so funny. So like, that's something that yeah that, that kind of kind of messes kind of messes it up though is he. Nora, Kristen Stewart's character is the the main character, but when TJ's TJ Miller's on screen, he steals all the scenes that he's in. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I think so. I'll say that might be one of my cons is that when he gets killed in the movie, the rest of the movie's not the same. You know what I'm saying? Like it it had me going up until that point, but. When when he gets killed, it kind of just like fizzled off for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, another one of my pros was the first person sequences. I thought the tension that they built in that was really good. Um, I, it, so I, and at I, one I, point they just kind of did away with those, but I really like those because. It's so dark and it's only lit like a little bit in front of their face. Like the light doesn't travel that far. Like that's that's a darkness that that we don't know. That's the bottom of the ocean. But that that was awesome. Like honestly, like we just said it, but that reminded me a lot of like a creepy first person video game. If you ever played like Alien Isolation, a, a game like that, um, where like you felt. Like you were in that scene, like you were in like a claustrophobic like suit, and you're trapped at the bottom of the ocean. I, I thought that those sequences were done really well. I don't know. So I I actually had a con when it came to the camera angles. Okay. Um, not mainly about the first person. The first person, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm not saying all the was, camera. I'm just I'm just saying the first person camera angles. I definitely think there was an issue with some of the other. The way that some of the other scenes were shot. My my biggest con about this movie is it's kind of personal opinion, really. But that's what I like. That's what I look for, you know. Well, all of this uh, is personal opinion. You idiot. Yeah. Well, this sounds real personal. <laughs> they came uh, to your house and beat you. That would be uh, a con. Well, that'd be a pro for me if they came to your house and beat the shit out of you. I'd be like, okay, this movie's a ten out of ten. <laughs> That's a terrible movie. I'm just gonna tell you right now. But hey, it's all it's all subjective. <laughs> I'll give I'll give a solid two out of ten. Why not one out of ten? Because the main actor, me, is badass. <laughs> but I only get one star because I know my I know my value. <laughs> I know my worth. 
Um, no, but the one con that I have about the camera angles is I wish I wish there's a way that they could have zoomed out in the when they were in the smaller like ships what you know like areas and whatnot just to show truly how compact they were so far under the sea because I, yeah. I thought that would have added a yeah really nice, so like claustrophobic that's, feel that that's a good point you i didn't really think about that till you said that but that actually is a good point so when they would do like the overhead shots and stuff like that you'd see like the one underwater base and, and the the Kepler and the other one they went to Roebuck, but it was like still you're like on top of it, so you're like, oh, it's not that. Like they never it really yeah, what they needed was a couple higher up establishing shots. Like maybe have a shot where it's like at the bottom and it pulls back and it really just shows you how far down they are. That establishing shot, like you said, that would help to to instill that claustrophobia that like they really are trapped. Like a movie that yeah. a movie that does that well, um, came out a couple years back. That shark movie, forty seven meters down. Yeah, so they it, do that. It, they, it, yeah, they, it really plays yeah. on it because it'll have the people down in the cage and it'll pull back up and realize like they're forty fucking seven meters down, and these people are up on the boats. So you got that juxtaposition there: the people on the boat, people at the bottom, like, and you actually see how far. So yeah, mate, and and that's a, a simple fix. That's that's one or two establishing shots that that could could solve that. But that's a good yeah. that's a real good point, book. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you know. I that's, hey, that's just I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, book. That's just how I felt about it. You know, if they had yeah. if they pushed the camera back a little bit, it really shows how tight of an area it was and how I mean, millions of people are affected with with claustrophobia. So like that that's a big that's a big push on it and that's another fear that you could input in this movie. So another one of my cons, um, it's a little bit weird. So at the begin, very beginning of the movie, they have a brief like narrating. I thought maybe it might be later on like a recording or maybe Nora was like being interviewed afterwards, but no, not spoiling it now, but that's not what happens. Um, but there was the brief like, narration at the beginning and narration at the end and they were just so out of place like you know what i'm saying like it just didn't fit with the movie yeah no i agree with you completely uh and then the other con that i had briefly talked about before but um the cgi in parts was very lackluster um, like a, oh, a there was a crack on the mask. mask. Yeah, yeah, it just looks so bad. Oh, it was miserable. And a lot that of a lot of the CGI you could get away with too, because it was so dark in some of the scenes, and you really couldn't see everything made made out. But a lot of it looked like bad, like PlayStation Three, not even PlayStation Four, like PlayStation Three graphics. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that could be budgetary reasons. I mean, the budget was still eighty million, but in in today's day, if you don't have a hundred million dollar budget for like a, a big project, you you're not going to get that quality CGI. Even then, not not saying that you will, but you don't really have a chance. Something of like this scope, like a whole underwater base and everything like that. Um, but yeah, the CGI was disappointing. Um, but on a, a positive note, like a pro, I did. So, like, 
the main like humanoid creatures i like their designs it was a little bit derivative of like a cloverfield creature or that movie that came out a few years ago like super eight um but those are i feel like they try to make a more like realistic looking creature than like a godzilla or something like that but i thought they those were pretty cool designed um as well as uh i'll just i'll talk about it but when we do the spoilers here in a minute, but um, other other creature designs were really cool too. Yeah. Hey, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, you're a big creature guy. I'm not crazy about them. <laughs> you're not really a big fan of them critters. I'm not a big fan of them critters. Watch out, Death them gators are back again. <laughs> that uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong trailer should be coming out soon. Oh. So you got any you got any more pros or cons for for me here, Bug? Uh, let me see. Let me find in that one. Um, did that one? Oh, I thought the twist with the captain. Did I forget? Did you mention that like the twist with the captain and his daughter? No, that was going to be in the spoilers, Bug. Okay. Well, I'll talk about that one later. Yeah. Because that's that's the main that one and yeah we'll talk about it later then oh wait 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 terrible writing you care terrible to, writing you care to elaborate uh yeah when uh, Nora and Emily are walking on the sea floor to a base it's towards the end of the movie yeah um, I know what you're but, saying so you mean terribly written dialogue yeah that's what i meant terribly yeah. written dialogue when emily and nora are walking towards a base and they're dragging smith. um yeah they're dragging smith nora is just casually talking because emily and smith are like they love each other they're in love and they're just casually like so do you and nora's like so do you love them emily's like yep i love them nora just goes cool well, let's keep walking, and they literally and just I, keep. Walking. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but the way that Boog just delivered that performance is exactly spot on how they delivered it in the movie. I just remember laughing, like I was. I looked at Boog in the theater. And I was like, "Is this is, is that really how they decided? Like that was the best take they had." They're like, "Okay, we got it." <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Uh, it it's. Are you kidding me? Are you are you are you kidding me? Yeah, I think besides T.J. Miller's jokes, which I felt like he probably was improvising a lot, a lot of the dialogue was a little, a little bit weak, a lot of bit weak, <laughs> yeah, a lot of bit weak for sure. Yeah. All right, so that's all the the pros and cons we got there. Yeah, pretty much. All right, cool. Let's get into a little bit of a spoiler action here. All right, so some spoilers here for you guys. Um, so after they get into the Robux station there, um, they head up um, to the main control deck uh, attached to where the escape pods are. 
Um, they they get Smith in one of the escape pods, strap him in, get it set to go up. Um, Emily's getting her set, and Nora looks over at hers, and she realizes that her pod's defective. It's busted. She's not going to get out. Um, but she makes the decision that um, Emily and Smith, like, they have a relationship. They they're going to be good together. Like they should go. Um, and then tying it back a little bit, it turned out that Nora used to be in a relationship with, um, with another one of the engineers that was best friends with Smith on the ship. Uh, one time, uh, he went out by himself on a, a dive to repair something. He didn't come back. Uh, turned out he got killed. We don't know if it's from the creatures or what, but but he got killed. Um, so that's why she's been pretty much depressed as well as um, she's been down there so long. She talks a little bit about how disorienting it is being down there so long. You kind of lose concept of time. Uh, but she sees a lot of like her relationship in them. So she's like, you go. Emily's like, I, no, like you go, whatever like that. So Nora punches her right in the face and is like, sorry, but you're going. So she get, gets in there. Um, they blast the pods off. Um, as that happens, she looks out the, the front main, um, she like slowly pan, like walks yeah. over to like, yeah, she, she accepts that she's going to die. So she's just sitting there, but she sees out front that there's this giant and the best way to describe it's like, Lovecraftian, like it looks a lot like the Cthulhu creature from H.P. Lovecraft's um, so picture, novels. So picture Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean cut off his head. That's what the creature looked like, minus the hat. Well, he also had like a humanoid body too. If like when he finally like started swimming up a little bit, um, but it's this giant. Like the creature looks pretty awesome. Like it has like tentacles on its mouth, but like there's like like sharp like things coming out of it and then those little well they're not little they're like probably like 10 12 feet tall like humanoid creatures that like were giving but compared to yeah, him yeah and they all just like attach to him and stuff like that so it was, that's what i was saying when i was talking about earlier about cool creature designs like he was well designed um but he was either feeding off the energy or staying close to the base to keep himself warm i'm, I'm not sure the specifics but he was all around the base and like wrecking things uh but the pods escape off um, and then Nora sees on their display um, in, the, in the control base that a lot of the creatures peeled off of the, the giant one and are actually chasing after the pods to try to get them, and they're closing in. So Nora's like, fuck, I got to do something. So she decides to um, like overheat the reactor of the Roebuck station, and when she does that, um, it, it causes an explosion. And and then that's when it goes into that stupid like, um, like narration where she has some stupid like one-liner. It's about like we're in the dark down here. Like let's light this bitch up or something. It's like okay, yeah, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> but but it leads to a cool scene. So it shows the station blown up and it goes into slow motion and like the water like stops, like the water that's in inside of the station. Like it, it looks pretty cool and she gets blown up and everything like that but um she ends up blowing up that creature and it knocks the little creatures down and the pods are able to escape um and the movie ends but as it's ending you get to see in the credits like newspaper articles 
Um, so it turns out that the company that owned the underground station, um, they're covering it up. They deleted, they destroyed all of like the surveillance footage. They said it got destroyed in the explosion. Um, classified all kinds of information. They're they're keeping Smith and Emily silent, uh, as well as they do plan on going back there and, and starting to drill again. Uh, but you get all that through like newspaper clipping. So I thought that was pretty cool. How like. They, they, they explain Epilogue. that. What? I always forget what it's called. Epilogue. What's yeah? Not real. I mean, I guess technically, I guess that could be like an epilogue, but epilogue would be like if it cut back and said. But I don't know. I don't know the specifics, but I thought it's pretty cool. But at the same time, I felt like they missed a good opportunity. Like if you could, if you would have kept the captain, like if you would have done it in a different series, like if. Nora would have found out that the captain knew about the, these creatures from like the information that was in his locker and he was still alive and she could have confronted him. That could have added more to the story. Maybe you got a little bit more background, like something like in the original Aliens movie. Um, you find out that... Actually, I don't know if you find that out to the second one, but you, you eventually do find out that the company that sent them out there already knew about these creatures and was trying to to bring one back so this is something like you could have you could have played it up differently and and, and added more to the story i thought that if if that captain knew about that and they could give you a backstory like oh our company knows about this like we're trying to get these creatures or something like that or even if it wasn't like he's like i don't know if we know but we've we've seen him before so maybe like your opinion on him would change you know what i'm saying but yeah I, i thought they could have done that a little bit better um, but then some of the other things we didn't talk about going through spoiler wise. Um, so the captain's always talking about, or they're always asking about like, Oh, you have a daughter, right? Like in that one point he's like, yeah, she's 14. And then Nora corrects him. And it's like, Oh, she'd be about like my age now, like mid, mid twenties, something like that. And he's like, Oh yeah, I don't know. I said 14. And then later on you find out in his locker when she was look, looking through the stuff, she found like, one of those little cards you get at, at viewings, like for funerals. Like and, an obituary yeah, card? Yeah, and then his daughter had actually already been dead, and she died when she was 14. So you, you find a little bit about that. Which is a con for me, because I thought that was just stupid. I don't know why they put that in there. I mean, I guess it shows no, like I, I thought I, I thought, thought that... I thought that was I, no, see, I, I thought the opposite. I thought that added to his character. So that explains why... When they first were going to the escape pods in the other place, why he stayed back when all the pods were gone. Kind of like the decisions he makes, like how he sacrifices himself so that the others could get away. So it, it just lets you know like why he spends so much time down there and he cares about his crew and stuff like that because back on the surface he's divorced. It turns out his daughter's been dead. Like it gives you, it adds to his character in my opinion. Um, I, I just thought it was a dumb. I mean, I get why they did it, but I just, I didn't think it was really necessary for the story. Because he really didn't, like, I don't know. He, didn't, he to, In my opinion, he didn't have a big enough impact for for him to have, like, a serious background like that. I don't so know. I thought, I, it, I thought it, I thought, I, I mean, it, it doesn't make or break the story, but I thought it added to it a little bit. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was just a cheap filler for 
Nora Kristen Stewart to get a fire lit under her ass to start moving again. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 if they would have had no issue if they would have taken that out and she would actually just read what was written in the in his locker like that was the part that was frustrating because you can clearly see like the creature and there's stuff written out beside it and like i don't i I don't know she's like she i forget what she said something stupid to like oh that captain of mine and then close the door (laughs) all right well that's the spoilers let's get into uh recommendations and ratings i'll go first on this one if you want yeah sure go ahead all right, so as far as recommendations, um, I would recommend this to, I wouldn't necessarily say see it in theaters, um, but if it's streaming Netflix, Hulu, something like that, um, it's definitely entertaining. So I, I'd watch it. Um, pretty much, you can watch it. It's PG-13, nothing too too crazy. There's a little bit of gore in there. Um, not too scary, anything like that. Um, you watch it, yeah. You could, uh, there's like mine, or like when that creature like comes out of when it's in that first person, the creature comes out of that body, that little one. Oh, yeah, yeah, jump scare, but yeah, I mean, pretty pretty much anyone could watch this. It's entertaining, it's got enough where like you can put it on and you're not gonna get too invested. It's not complex at all, not it's like point A to point B to point C, like bang, bang, bang quick pace only about 90 87 90 minutes uh it's not not gonna ruin your day uh as far as ratings i'd give this uh 6.5 out of 10 like not terrible not anything special uh, a little frustrating because there's there's parts that could have been tuned up done a little bit better uh, i'm not sure what their constraints were a little interesting fact though i, I did see when i was doing some research for this that this movie was filmed by Fox in the spring of 2017, mm-hmm. but due to that whole Fox Disney merger, like when they when Disney bought Fox, they shelved it and didn't get released till 2020. So this movie's actually been filmed for almost three years. I was gonna say almost, almost actually, yeah. Stewart and she has long hair. Yeah, but in this she definitely cut it because that or or else the makeup artist deserves to be paid billions of dollars. Oh, I remembered another funny TJ Miller line. Um, <laughs> that's another one. If you're a fan of TJ Miller, uh, I would recommend this movie to you. When when he see like she says something, he he get or she saves him like out of the rubble, and she go, he goes, "Oh, it's Nora." He's like, "Nora, you flat chested, you flat chested elf woman." <laughs> yeah, she comes out and he's like, "Nora, I've never been so happy to see your flat chest." flat chested elf ass or something like that yeah it was funny it was it was it was funny as hell yeah so if you like his style of comedy you'll enjoy the least first half of this movie um we really didn't talk about it too much like this goes along with spoilers but um the ending was a little disappointing like I, i'm cool with what they did like how she stayed back and sacrificed herself but something just seemed a little bit off like after after like tj miller's character dies like the tension's off so it goes from being like suspenseful and like a creepy horror style movie to just like i don't know i feel like the pace ramped up even more where like there's no like the the fear is like out of it like the tension's out of it 
and and then just happens, 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 and and then you're done. Yeah, it was definitely a. Uh, it was definitely like to me. It felt like as soon as T.J. Miller, like T.J. Miller, was so funny in this, it was perfect. It added comedy relief to the story, but as soon as he left. They didn't have that comedy, so it relied on Kristen Stewart's acting abilities. And not that she's a terrible actress. I think, or, the, you know, it's just the role was the character that. Yeah, she I don't. Was I don't think the role great. was right for her, and uh, I don't think it was particularly written all that well. No. So, like after, after, T.J. Miller's character dies, after Paul dies. I feel like they were just trying to rush this, just like, well, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, because there's no comedy relief. You just kind of got to dig, dig deep and get through it at that point, you know. So, um, my overall rating for this movie, I actually did not like it that much. I would not recommend it to go see in the theaters, maybe with a group of friends. Uh, actually, no, I wouldn't even recommend it. With a, this is a movie. If you're bored, you just want to throw something on to fall asleep to. I'd I'd give I'd throw this on like if it's on Netflix or something. Um, my overall rating for it, I give it a four out of ten. I I'm not a big creature person. Um, it's just personal opinion, really. You may like creatures. I know John, you you absolutely love creatures yeah. and and because you, you like to see the makeup and see like how they've yeah i like i like the effects like. and the design yeah i'm i'm not a big creature person I, I, i've said this before i'm more of a uh, a ghost a paranormal type of horror buff so yeah. um like i said because of that it's a four out of ten in my book not horrible but I don't recommend watching this in the theaters, and that's the biggest part of me. It's not worth spending yeah. $10, $15 to go see it. It's I, something, if it's on Netflix and you're bored, you already pay 10 bucks yeah. a month, flip it on, you know? Yeah, I think the biggest problem with it is that it plays a lot like greatest hits from from other like similar style movies in the genre, like underwater horror or even like space like with aliens it pulls a lot from like the alien series um but the, the worst part is is all of those movies like anything that it tries to to either imitate or is derivative of the original did it so much better than they did yeah and that's i don't know you can't beat classics yeah. Well, yeah, but it's still like, if if you have a a good story to tell and everything, it's like maybe maybe that's the issue with it is there's really not a story to tell here. It's literally just something happens and they try to survive. Like it, I I I was still entertained when I left, but I it, it, it is it is frustrating that um there is the potential for it to be better for sure. Yeah, I got. It's I not. Got it's not. A, it's not like a situation where there's no redeemable qualities, and they were so off basis. Like they weren't far off from having a a, a quality film there. Um, and I, I that that's why I would recommend it to to to, j- to just give it a watch if it if it comes to streaming, which I'm sure it will. Um, or if it's just like on TV one day, and you're like, well. 
this is my life now, you know? Yeah. One of those situations. Flip it on. Um, I was actually thinking, how bad would a movie be? So remember Meg? We saw Meg what, last year. Mm-hmm. How bad would... Was that last year or two years ago now? I, I don't know. Last year. How bad would it have been if you had this movie, like the like underwater scenery, but instead of the main creature, it was with the Meg? I think Dude, it would have been I, a lot more I'm not relatable. even kidding you. I was sitting in the movie theater, and I actually I had that exact thought. I was like, I think that actually might work better. Because the, yeah. the issue, and we talk about this, is with shark movies, is this, the issue is there's always, like, you're up on land, and you're like, there's sharks eating people on my beach. Like, even the all-time, my all-time favorite movie, all-time classic Jaws, like, the real solution is, like, don't go in the water. Yeah. <laughs> but here, this situation would actually work. Like, if that would have been, like, the Meg movie you're in this underwater drilling facility. The one place is going to explode. You have no choice. All the escape pods are gone. You have no choice, but you're going to have to expose yourself and walk on the bottom of the ocean out to the other facility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that, 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 that that solves the problem in that, that shark movie scenario where it's like, how do I put my characters in danger that they can't avoid? Exactly. I feel like, unfortunately, Sharks are a much more feared creature than an octopus because he's an octopus head. The main creature. I'd say I'd say it's more like squid, like a squid head. Yeah, but Uh still, like, like I I thought that I thought you could have more potential with a movie like combination like that than you do with this movie. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. That's why there was uh, there was a point when it was showing like. I think it was when the the Kepler station blew up that I thought like you know what like if if this is how they went about that Meg movie because they were in the underwater sea base near the Mariana Trench like that that could have been a a more enjoyable story so yeah I'd yeah, agree with that exactly all right well that's underwater for you and uh, spoiler alert we are not underwater yeah it's underwater. Think we, uh, do you think we could record a podcast underwater? That's what it sounds like. I well, imagine. I mean, we wouldn't be on. You get electrocuted, but hey, I'll take the risk for my viewers. But I, underwater, like in a submarine, or something, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's get into uh, it here. Let's get into the stupid stuff. Um. So if you have any comments, any any movies, suggestions you want us to review, um, we're at the point of the year. We have uh, like a loose plan, um, but as far as in theaters and in, in releases, we're at the, the, the dead part of the year as far as horror movies. So you're not getting oh, too there many. There are a couple good ones coming out. It's it's few and far between though. Like the next the next one we're gonna see, or at least I I think we should see, is the turning. Yeah, we're gonna see that, but I don't necessarily know it's gonna be good. But we are gonna see it. Um, no, it's it's, it's a uh, retelling of a, a classic, the the turning of the screw. Yeah. Um, but that's not till the twenty fourth. So we have a game plan for next week's episode, but it, it's looser. So if if you have any suggestions or any movies you want us to review, um. Just reach out, send us an email at huntershorrorvision at gmail.com. 
Um, as well as you could reach out to us, give us a follow on Twitter at HorrorVision. Shoot us a DM. We're always on there. Um, if you're listening to our podcast, that means you found it. Um, if you're cool with the service, the platform that you found it on, like, great. Follow us. Um, give us a review, something like that. If not, we're on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. Pretty much all of those. Um, so, hey, go on all of them. Like all of them. Review all of them. I don't care. I mean, I do. I can I, I a little bit care. So definitely uh, get on that as well as we're starting to pick up content on our YouTube page. So if you search Hunter's Horror Vision on there as well. Um, in the past week, we actually just released. Uh, it's about 30, 40 minute gameplay of us doing a let's play of the survival horror game, The Forest. Um, which I think actually turned out pretty well. I don't, I don't know about you, Book, but I thought it turned out pretty well. Uh, but we're going to do some more things like that as well as uh, start getting into some trailer reviews because there has, there has been some cool uh, horror tra trailers that have come out um, early on in this year so far. So we're going to start getting on that. So definitely go over there, give us a like, um, subscribe if you want to. And link it. Don't forget comments. to link, link. it. That's, I don't know what that even means. It means that you should share like our like the like, links to our podcast. Like links, yeah. If you want to do the podcast or, or uh, like, stream there as well, like um, link subscribe. Other than that, I think we're I think we're all done here. I think we did a book. That's another one. Hey, that's another one for the fire. Oh boy. So how many how many more do we have to get in before I tell my mom like, hey, I'm not working anymore. <laughs> you said you said I'd never make it, mom. Ma ma. I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going down Hollywood Boulevards. A lot, a lot more bug. My, um, my, you see that? You see that? That's going to be my star one day. No, one, no one's going to remember who Tom Hanks is 70 years from now. <laughs> All right, well, so long and good night. Good night. messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire.